Putting Up with Aaron Michael Marsh. Wait, so I am going to start off with your suits. When did you decide I am the crazy suit god? I'm the guy with the crazy suits. I remember when you started wearing, I'm going to call them facetious suits, sarcastic suits, seriously. Maybe six or seven years ago, but there became a thing where you're like, oh no, suits can't get crazy enough for me. That's true. Uh, It started on a cruise. Okay. (laughs) You ever been on a cruise? No, I don't like the idea of going on a boat in the ocean. It's terrifying. You're on, because think of it like this. You're basically in a skyscraper, but it's on its side. I mean, these <laughs> things, there's so much going on. And That's you're in the a middle terrifying of way to put it. But the way I'm afraid of it is because I'm like, I have such issues with my weight nowadays. Like, I'm, everything's counting calories. And so you're like, we're going to put you on the ocean with a buffet and there's nothing else. So you just got to just hold yourself back, Aaron. And you're like, yeah, I would well, never. No, you don't want to go in the situation around some sort of specialized diet. You want to be disgusting. So, yeah. again, you're at sea. Just be a whale. Um, but the whole gimmick there is that, you know, you got to dress up sometimes. And they, like, people really like, oh, they go for it. And there's, it's like being at a mall on, on, on water. And one of the things is, like, there's tuxedo rental. And I was like, I am renting a tuxedo. Like, yes. yes. For some reason. My parents were so against this. And I'm like, what is wrong? <laughs> a waste of money. I'm like, you know, there are a bunch of people. I'm not, I know it like seems like I'm being a jerk wearing a tuxedo. People are seriously doing this. I'm not actually like, it's not like it's a bunch of people on a cruise and me in a tuxedo. Oh, but can I also just throw out that you're on a cruise? There's not an investment side to a cruise. It's not a smart money move to be on a cruise. Right. And it wasn't even a lot of money. It was 90 bucks for the whole cruise. I'm like, oh, this will be great. I go up around tuxedo. Go to fancy dinners, dress up. It was awesome. And then that's what I wanted for Christmas that year. I'm like, I want a tuxedo. Buy me a tuxedo. Mm-hmm. And they were still like, when are you ever going to wear a tuxedo? Because it's this is all pre me being like an MC and a host. It really is like, I would dream of that and kind of pretend it and do it at friends' birthdays and things like that. Now, that does turn into what it does turn into where then... Uh, as you can see, well, I have a lot of toys. I used to be a shopaholic, mm-hmm. right? So I, yes, addicted to shopping, addicted to newness, right? Oh, you, you see how I didn't even flinch? Yeah, because I just know. We all know. No one's like, you know, he's great <laughs> with their money. The guy with the tuxedo. Yeah. <laughs> so all these action figures and toys and stuff, right? I made a rule that I was not allowed to purchase like things unless it was like it took my breath away. Like literally, right? So I'm walking in Spirit Halloween, and they oh have god, that that's you've made your have... daily dressing like Spirit Halloween. Keep going. So many, so many outfits, and they have the Biff Bam Pow suit that is like my Superman suit now. Yeah, I end up buying. I bought three of them when it's all said <laughs> and done because I because I bought it and I love it so much and becomes so much a part of like who I am. So this is a suit for uh, that is just, it's all onomatopoeias, Biff, Bams, Pals, you know, Whams, Slams, all that stuff. Yeah, it's It's all the Adam West Batman stuff, just everywhere in the suit. And I'm a comic book guy, Comic-Con guy, all that stuff. So it's just perfect. Like when I saw this thing, I just gasped. (gasps) 
and just everyone in the aisle collapsed because there was no more oxygen in the room and everyone knew what was happening. <laughs> if this is a suit for me, it's like fit for a wedding, fit for a burial. I'll wear it the rest of my life, even into the grave. It's perfect. It's my Superman outfit. So that's what is like, then that's like the suit, right? And then since I'm doing that, oh, no, what if I just got a suit that's all orange, like Dumb and Dumber? And what if I got a suit that's all yeah. this? And then you see this company that then makes wacky suits and it becomes like. And what are they called? Wacky suit company? Uh, Oppa suits. Oppa so suits. Perfect. Yes. So there's Was that. Was that a secret? Did I let out a secret? Uh, kind of. But since, okay. again, since WWE superstar Seth Rollins is now shopping at the same place. And I even, I even look because he's wearing the I wore a gold suit. I'm calling the action on Saturday for uh, Misty Mountain Wrestling. And then it's just mm-hmm. a week later. And there he is wearing the exact same outfit I was wearing, all gold, a full gold suit, right? And I was like, I bet that's an opposite I could tell. And I look on the sleeve where you got to cut off the tag that blatantly says opposites. And sure, there mm-hmm. it was, ripped off as well with the white threads hanging there. So I knew. <laughs> I'm worth calling him out. He's that's going right. to opposites. Right. Here and I thought you guys were fighting at Dan Flasher's. Yeah, there's another company called Standout. And the reason it's in the cats out of the bag, they sell these things at like Kohl's now. Like and oh, okay, yeah, Coles because at Christmas time it's become very popular to get one of these and Coles and they'll be like forty bucks. Like you can get them at a sick deal. I've I've paid. I have the Pac Man suit. You probably seen the Pac Man one. Yeah. Like yeah, the highest they get. I don't like think there's a picture bucks. of you in a suit I haven't liked. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I and I even just I just upgraded my whole closet. I treated myself to thirty really nice hangers. Like instead of crappy wire hangers, right? Yeah, I, no more wire hangers. Exactly, just like the catchphrase from the thing from the thing. So yeah. I got I got fancy it's called mommy dearest. Keep going. Yes, exactly. I didn't. I wasn't sure where that was from. I'm like, is that from Dirty Dancing? I'm like, no, that's nobody. Puts no, it's from that. a horror movie. Okay, that's nobody puts where some, a mom just loses it, and part yeah. of the losing it is she's tired of the wire hangers. Yep, I remember that. It's, it's where she snaps. Things like that'll stick out. So anytime with wire hangers, like I think of that movie, it's true. So I replaced no more wire hangers, all class. That's right. How to get these nice, fancy hangers, clean the whole closet, organize it, put everything in order. It's great. Okay. So that's your origin of the story. Yeah. I'm going to make my own origin of your story. A little bit of cosplay. Like this was the easiest way to cosplay at Comic-Cons when you think about it. I got a lot of credit. For like, wow, look how great that outfit is. And I'm like, yeah, I bought a suit. That's all. Yeah, exactly. But people go bonkers for them. Like, so that's kind of fun because they kind of cheat at Comic-Con with some of these outfits uh, and embellish the rest. See, in my mind, you've always borderline been Dr. Demento, except just years later, if you're Dr. Demento's son and there was this long gloss, he's like, oh, I lost my son. And 25 years later, a guy comes down walking like this, like you in a tuxedo. Like, yeah. Are you my son? I'm like, yes, dad. And then you guys like hold hands and go off and play wacky records. Or like, it was almost like the hot, hot, hot song had a baby and it was you. Thank you. That's what, yeah, exactly. don't forget. I wear, that's the suits. I wear gold shoes every day. Gold oh yeah. You've worn gold day. shoes every day for a long time. Yeah. Because that started with, those were show shoes, but they're cheap crap shoes. Everyone thinks they're fancy Jordans or something. Right. And they're crappy shoes from the internet. And they fall apart and they light up, but that only works, I swear, twice. And they break. I yeah. hate it. 
you know how I know that this constantly happens? I'm on my sixth pair. So I have six I pairs. Say, I, I think I know exactly how you know, because yeah. you keep buying them. There's a kiosk here in Los Angeles in front of Universal Studios, of course, where yeah. you, you could buy those shoes for $40. I recognize them when I walk past. I'm like, oh, there's the Frank shoes. And I know, there's the are. Naomi shoes. You know, I could feel the glow if I wanted to. There they are. Right. So and uh, exactly. You look at them, you go, that's, that's great. But at the same time, I also go, there's no way I'm going to put on these shoes and then walk around a theme park. I just did that. I was at Disney World and the whole gimmick was gold shoes. It was the best. I met Goofy and I'm like, Goofy, look at this. And I point, I have gold shoes and I didn't realize that all the characters for the 50th anniversary are in like new outfits and they all have gold shoes. And I'm like, oh, oh I'm on brand for Disney. And I had bought a Disney tracksuit because I wanted to look fly. So I looked awesome. <laughs> I'm wearing a track suit with gold shoes, gold hat, gold Mickey ears. I bought C-3PO ears, so I had gold ears. People love it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, people love you, and there's a reason. You are joyous in your appearance. You're joyous in your personality. Yay. Which is funny, because it's the exact reason I hated you am among sight. Right on sight. Well, you liked me a lot. We got along immediately. You're my first friend here, to a degree. Like, and that's okay. a shoot. Now, wait a second. I don't know if you remember, I didn't like you the first three days and you talked me into it. Okay, remind me, because my, my very first memory of us is, is talking about girls and moving here and you defining Tucson for me. And it is like a Norman Rockwell painting of us in the diner. It's just you and me. You're even sitting on the counter talking about <laughs> how town is. It's, it's a small town. It's a big town. See that guy back there? And there's just three of us, right, at the restaurant? Yeah. And uh, uh, he goes, you say, you see that guy back there? I shared a locker with him in high school. That's, yep. that's how big this town is, because I've done this, that, and the other thing. But here we are. He goes, no matter what happens, you'll eventually be dating one of your best friend's girlfriends. And sure as yep. anything, let's call her Sally. Three months later, I was dating some girl named Sally that you would happen to be dating before. And it was... Which I think I was dating at the time I told you that. That's, full, uh, that's insane. Like, because I meet her randomly, so funny. randomly yeah. in a different circumstance, but it's Tucson, so it's tiny. And yeah, since someone her. knows someone, oh, we all know each other. Oh, of course. Yeah, we all know each other. Um, so my thing about you that I remember is somebody told me, uh, they're like, you're going to love Frank. And then you walk in the door loud. Hey, everybody, how you doing? Tons of pins, all the things I love. And I'm going. It was like when someone told me, like, you're going to love Big Bang Theory. You know, it's like, look, it's marketed right at you. And I was like, no, no, I don't have to like Frank just because he's I'm his demographic. You know, like, <laughs> and then like maybe day two or three, you were like, hey, why aren't we like best friends? We should be best friends. And I'm like, no. And you're like, why? And I was like, your voice. And you're like, it's my voice. And I'm like, I think everything's put on the personality, the, the <laughs> voice. And here I am, 15 years later, none of it was put on. And you were like, hey, get over my voice. It's how I talk. Have a real conversation with me. We'll get along. Oh, look at that. I remember See? you talked me into it. And you were right. I was being go. a jerk for no reason. <laughs> I decided jerk. Well, the reason of you worked at that place, so you're just kind of allowed to be a jerk by default. So yeah, exactly. That? And, and again, I could get it. Come on, a little too strong, maybe. That was the thing. I have all those pins. 
that's because I had a button machine and I was so excited. So I show up the buttoniest mother there's ever been. <laughs> Give exactly. it out buttons. This one, flare was the thing, right? Flare at a restaurant was the thing. Oh, for sure. That is exactly where if I was to be like, you know what I like? Pickles with hats on. You draw a pickle with a hat on them, ring a button the next day. I'm like, you're trying too hard. Get the- you know, let me tell you, and I have, I have the perfect thing to send you when we're done with this now, actually. <laughs> oh, God. It's a picture no, my of us favorite doing thing. the podcast. No, like my screen grabbing thing, this. My, fa- <laughs> my favorite thing is uh, there's just a GIF on Facebook. You know, when you type things and you're going to just leave a GIF. When you type thanks, there's a walking pickle that's raising his little orange hat. And that's my favorite. <laughs> that's my favorite thing to, to thank people with. So you can look forward to that, sir. That's that's already oh, done. <laughs> that sounds perfect. Pick with a hat. Try, try me again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, always I can say anything. And then I, I think it really sealed the deal because you're one of the guys that got me back into wrestling. I've fallen out of wrestling several times. You keep, you know, people like you. I got a friend named Andy Campbell. He brought me back in when I got out here. People can just tell. They're like, why are you not watching wrestling? Come on. Come over to my house. We're going to watch some wrestling. Because you need a buddy. You need a wrestling buddy. You do. And you were the one that told me CM Punk was going to be a big deal. Because I didn't like him at the time. You called that. No kidding. That was And I was like, CM Punk, no way. Ryback, he's the big deal. (laughs) Ryback's going to do it. Feed Me More is going to do it ridiculous that's yeah awesome. i still say feed me more to myself do you that's why i'm afraid of cruise ships man i will sit there in front of if i bring home a box of ice cream sandwiches i'm eating the whole box feed me more oh see i'm all right so i have to do the health thing that you're doing now i need i need to figure it out i want to get a little more i need to get more of the dorito shape it's never too late i'm going to be the ddp of the single scene out here i'm just getting it a little late bang i like it <laughs> okay, but Dorito shape? No yeah, one I uses mean, a triangle shape as a Dorito and loses weight after that. You can't keep comparing a, things to snack foods and hope you're going to lose comparing, it. I do keep comparing things to snack foods. It's probably not the best the best way to go about things. I, it's true. Yeah, exactly. Like That's how I knew it wasn't going to work out. You're like, Dorito <laughs> shape, like DDP. And I was like, nope, DDP might be Cheeto shaped. That's so funny. He's definitely hot dog skinned. Yo, I might, I'm going to get that DDP, DDPY. I'm going to start doing it. I've been trying to convince myself to do it for, again, for years. I'm going to do it. It's fun. Did you ever do it? No, I never did it. I did do it. The closest thing I did is during the pandemic, I followed like four wrestlers that were doing workouts at home and I was doing them with them. But at the same time, I'm also like doing what I can with them. You know, like I'm not keeping up. With Seth they're Rollins, to keep up. They're no, they're ridiculous professional athletes. He literally is a CrossFit maniac, that dude. Yeah, no, no, exactly, CrossFit Jesus. That's right, CrossFit Jesus. DDP though, that's for everyone. All right, I'm gonna do it. It's good. I did it once for a long. I did it once for like six months to a year. I was doing it. It was good. Oh really? I've gone did through you get a nitro girl? Life. I've got huh? Did you get a nitro girl out of it? No, I did not. But that's what I'm working for. That's what I'm doing it for because. I, I've lost my window now. It's like, all right, well now I need, I need to, I need to shape up a bit. Let's go. I'm getting, we're getting up there in age, buddy. Got to shape up a bit, right? Mm-hmm. A little bit. I can't get away with, you know, my youth. Now maybe a, a little more, a little more uh, definition here. See now I got to be, I'm 40 now. 
Yes, same. And so me reaching 40, I was like, I am going to go in the best shape of my life for my 40th birthday. I am yeah. not entering 40 looking 40. I refuse. And you and don't. So I, you don't look I did. I do not. I'm looking pretty great myself, all things considered. Do you know what I think the secret is for you and I? No kids. That's the, t- that's the trick. We don't have kids yet. You look at some of these people walking around. It's like, oh, good. You look 55. They have children. That'll do it. Half yeah. of my day is spent picking out which breakfast cereal I want. And then I just decide to mix them all in a big bowl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have a similar idea of what that is. And it has something to do with no children. I think it's because we have no reason we need to wake up. So we don't. We just sleep as long as we need to. We do. You can get a, you probably do. I don't sleep as much as I would like, but oh, I, I think, do. I think sleep's the enemy. I think too much sleep's depressing, but that's what you're doing the wrong that. thing while sleeping. I mean, try <laughs> dreams. No, yeah. Dreams are all right. You got to turn those dreams into reality and you can only do that when you're awake. So this way you're living the dream. That's what you're trying to do. Can't be, oh my God. It's too much pressure around making snow angels and your subconscious nonstop. You're going to get nowhere. That's right. You got, you got to make some moves. You got to make some moves. Get up, do work. So, but well, you yeah, actually said something to me that sticks with me every day. Huh? You said something to me that sticks with me every day. What's that? Your dad said, you're having too much fun. Uh, I don't know if you remember that. And you were like, fun is what you're supposed to be doing. Right? What are you doing with your life if you're not having fun? And I think about that all the time. And I'm like, that's right. Fun first. Heck yeah. And I don't mean, yeah. I mean, don't put victims in fun. You know, like don't. Don't victimize people through fun, but no, no, but I'm saying like, if you're going to be a dad, be the funnest dad, you know, like if you're going to have to go to a drunk tank, I've never done anything that crazy. Uh, have fun in the drunk tank, you know, <laughs> I mean, and, and that's the next stage I want to get to, because I do, I want to get to that part of things because I feel a little behind. I want to be a dad. I want the whole family thing. Like bad. Right. I think I'll be really good at it. I've been told that my whole life. That's what I'm looking for. So. We'll Isn't see. it weird? I think girls say that because you already have all the toys. And you're like, yeah, but these are choking hazards. These, I have 5,000 choking These are my toys. These are my toys. You don't touch these, Junior. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's it's beyond the toys, certainly. No, I just say it's, I've always been that, again, even remember that my business is like, I own a children's entertainment business even too. Like I, I'm really good at doing that sort of thing. I always said like this, cause I'm the, I was always the guy that sits at the kid's table at Thanksgiving. Like I'm mm. the guy that with every niece and nephew, like I'm the one on the ground under the table as we're, as they're all growing up. I was always everyone's favorite, like constantly, constantly. And I don't know what it is. I think they can see my beautiful aura. Like when your friends are on LSD and they can see it and they're just like, you're awesome. And I'm like, thank you. That's what I said earlier. You bring a joy with you in the room. The kids feel it. The kids want it. They're like, yeah, yes. let's hang out with the joyous person. And yes. there's also an innocence inside of it that is sincere. And so there's something magnetic about it. There, it is because it is about that. So I, you know, I host and do things. So it was just the steampunk convention, right? A couple of years ago, I got to host that thing. And it was the best. It was for like a real band and everything. And I, I treat things like when I'm an MC or I host stuff, right? Like you, like, I welcome everyone to the party. I will walk around Hotel Congress and like thank people for coming, shake hands when it was appropriate, do that sort of thing, high fives, all that sort of thing. And like really welcome people into a thing. I was at the steampunk convention having, and it's just think of like a Comic-Con. If you don't know what a steampunk convention is, it's like a Comic-Con, mm-hmm. right? The difference between a Comic-Con and steampunk convention is at a Comic-Con, 
50% of the fans are wearing t-shirts of just like, you know, the flash or something. Right. And then you got a huge amount of, of cosplayers and then another amount of crappy cosplay. That's fine. Right. But that's what you're going to see at like a comic-con. Right. I like crappy, sure. like low, low end cosplay. Like you got fancy ones. There's a lot of casual cosplay, which I like a lot like for casual cosplay a lot. And then t-shirts at steampunk convention. Everyone is dressed to the nines. Everyone. You know, it's not a T-shirt. Everyone there, the, the vendors, the people selling, all the people attending. And the people well, yeah, because it's about the cosplay. It's not about because in the comic book thing, they're cosplaying because they're celebrating comics. Yep. And and pop culture. So it's everything. You're going to get Heisenberg mm-hmm. walking around and and comic stuff walking around, all that sort of thing. With this, it's one genre. It is just stunning to see. And if you go and you crush it. Like if you have a great costume. So one year I did, I was a, I was barista bot. I was like a coffee themed robot. Right. Cause their whole gimmick is tea. So I was yeah. going to go and be like, and I had a giant spoon. That's like five feet tall. I have a big spoon and another spoon. That's like three feet and I'm wearing spoons. And I put all these, it was awesome. And I mean, I walked out of, of at this comic con and I got stopped every two feet taking photos. It was like being goofy at Disney world. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah, when you said you ran in the Met Goofy, I was like, I mean, that's pretty much your existence every day. It was awesome. Like, yeah, I mean, that's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> so is there anything you've learned from dressing so crazy? Yeah, do it. I mean, that's the way to do it. Like be over the top and to do it. And the more the more over the top, the better. If I could have, I've done it where I shave my head and beard and paint my head for cosplay yeah. stuff. Where I've been space, or I have been full gold, where even my head's. I gold. see. It's very impressive. It's regularly it's, very impressive. And you I, were before this. You were the guy that crushed Halloween harder than anybody. Else. Yes, exactly right. That's my favorite thing on earth is Halloween, and a lot of it stems from that, and especially homemade Halloween. And I love original characters. I don't like to cosplay like "Let me be Batman." Like I like to be like, "All right, I'm going to take the this this crown." And uh, this crazy suit and this thing. And I'm the king of time and space. Yeah. Right Where every watch that I have and like all of that and like come up with gimmicks. Right. And I think that's fun. Yeah. No, you, you do come up with gimmicks and you crush the gimmicks. In fact, the one year I remember you being Batman, your gimmick was I'm going to replicate this cover of Batman perfectly. That's right. I was the Joker. Yes. I was the yeah. Joker and my friend was Batman. And yep. And I photoshopped that cover. Exactly, because you want to be like, no, 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 this is exactly what we're doing. We're not just being Batman, we're being this cover of Detective. Heck yeah. I bought yeah, and it was uh, awesome. I bought I bought a purple zoot suit from the place that like I think Steve Harvey gets like his suits in Vegas <laughs> <laughs> to be the Joker. It was great. It was yeah, great. in fact, uh if you end up hosting Family Feud one day, it would make sense. Uh, you know what's so it's so funny you bring that up because, hey, I have a family feud buzzer here. Like, the whole thing. The like, legit one? No, it's homemade, oh, okay. but it's a family feud buzzer yeah. set up for family feud, the two things. It's hilarious because I was literally just thinking the other day, but much like podcasts and much like a lot of things, like celebrities now kind of took that over, where you used to be able to be a game show host. like, And it was yeah, almost like that was like a negative entertainment job. And I always want to be a game show host, right? Dude, and, do you know what my... That's my goal in stand-up is to eventually host either a talk show or a game show. That's what I like. I uh, yeah. don't want to be in a sitcom. That sounds miserable. 
Yeah. And I did, I did the talk show. So I did, I did my, cause I'm on the radio. Like you bring up Dr. Demento, yeah, and I did the radio talk show for a while. Mm-hmm. And then I did the live talk show here for a while. I did do it at the screening room and sold tickets and did all right. I did three of them. I built a whole set and everything. It's fine. I should just, I could show you, let me show you. Around. Um, just cause I just cleaned up and moved the thing. So I just did move this, but I built the whole city of Tucson and made a desk and all that stuff. Like, see that? Look, and even my room looks like. Oh, that's brilliant. Right? What you can't see is that he does, he has the, I want to call it a skyline, but it's really more Tucson's biggest buildings put together. Because we don't really have a skyline there. Right. So it's, but it, but those are legit and a mountain and our big famous mountain. Of course. Right. And that all lit up. And I had my desk, which was two dimensional because I'm cartoonist. So it's like two dimensional things, had a, had a live band. It was called After Hours with Frank Powers. That's what the radio show was called at the point. Um, and the band was the Afterthoughts. Right. So it was, it was all, it was in there and it was all about shining the spotlight on local talent and lifting people up and theming things. It was super fun. And I do, I love it. So I did love the talk show. Let me tell you what I didn't like about it was uh, the thing that you, like, I love how long this, this has been going. What's the biggest challenge to me when I was doing things like this is getting a guest and getting them to commit and then show up and, and not screw it up. Like, the, and, and I even flaked on you the other day. And by the way, today, th- like, thanks for not being upset because I was so asleep because I get up so early for the radio. Oh, part of doing this is knowing that there's going to be about 30% of the people are going to have to make different arrangements the hour of. That's just something I've accepted as part of what this show is. See, and that's not just when it's recording. It's also it's setting up and doing all the things. And I try to backlog. I was actually doing two Monday. And so when you canceled, I was like, all right, cool. I'll just give extra attention to Ari. There you go. See, and that's smart. And And I would do that. But I was also trying to get people to physically show. This is before Zoom. We didn't mm-hmm. think of Zoom, obviously. Um, so it was different. And it was about being live action. I had, I'd, I'd had, and I had people cancel. I was put on a production. So it was harder to deal with when that would happen. Yeah. But it was. And I got it out of my system. Like, and same thing with, I will say this. I had a game night here that was so fun that I had a game night at Hotel McCoy and at our bar. At our bar, it was the, uh, like an our arcade, right? Before mm-hmm. Cobra Arcade existed downtown, I ran an arcade for a year. Where I just bring old televisions, and all you need is Mario, uh, Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, and uh, a third option. And I would, I have an emulator, so I'd like to make the X Men arcade game or something pretty unique, like an actual arcade yeah, game. Yeah, totally. All three, Turtles in Time. Turtles in Time. Okay, all three, right? And that was a fun event that I did for a year. I did another game night, and then when it was all said and done. I kind of got game night out of my system. Like, I don't know if I do need to host a trivia night. We'll see if I do, because I might have an option coming up to do it. But it was it was interesting to do it and get it out of my system, you know, like because it did it left my system. I'm like, oh, wow, I now kind of did that. I know it's like, oh, I think I'd rather. And now I'm on to the next thing. So I've seen you go through these cycles. You get excited. You get something in your system and you do an excellent job of it. It comes out. But then you always have the next thing. You're just always yeah. digging. You always have the next thing that takes that energy that you're able to build some great thing around. Do yeah. you happen to know which one is next? Is it trivia or is there another thing in your brain that's like, you know what you better than trivia? Is it five well, blank, blank, blank? It's hard. It's hard because there's this, these are also like, is this going to be my job? Like my gig or my job? I do a lot of gigs around mm-hmm. here. That's how I survive. So a lot of it, but at the same time, I want to draw more. I have a project mm-hmm. I want to draw. So it's Pistol Panda is my cartoon character. It's his 20th anniversary this year. 
I've had this whole concept for what I wanted to do for his 20th anniversary, like making an actual collection of everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And that takes, it's going to take some time. And I haven't started it. And I, it's yeah. like, yeah, I got to do that at some point. I have to make the anthology. So I'm not going to do that though. Cause I'm busy. I think that the thing I really am, have been getting behind is doing things like Twitch, a bit more Instagram, mm-hmm. TikTok, doing more online stuff with, uh, this will be me. online. Yeah, well, it's fine. Which, by the way, if anybody's listening, I like to throw this giant surprise at Frank that I don't think he knows about, is that I never watched, but I was on an episode of Let's Make a Deal. I oh, won, really? I won some stuff, and when I did, they had me play my guitar, and on my guitar, front and center, is a pissed-off panda. Oh, wow! So I never watched it, but if anybody has, and they want to send me the shot of me playing guitar, and there's a panda on it, I would love to have that and to send that to Frank. That would be amazing. Like, yeah. so yeah, so Pistol Panda is my cartoon character. Again, your brother even has the mashup of Pistol Panda as mankind. Mankind, yeah. Tattooed, tattooed on, on him. The greatest honor ever. For for some time, he had the large, I said, I think you have the largest Pistol Panda tattoo on the planet, technically. So he said, and then for his 15th, I got a gigantic one. <laughs> <laughs> then you beat him to it. That's right. Wait, so how many Pistol Panda tattoos do you have then? I have one for every five. I have his first year, right? So it's the first tattoo yeah. I got. Then yep. five year, 10 year, 15, and now I'm going to get 20. And it's funny. They're all because on the same arm, by the way. On, just... And that was the plan, like by design. Yeah. Like I remember saying that to my dad when I showed them this tattoo. Ugh, he's all like... mad and thinks. And again, it's such a cliche tattoo. It's a tiny panda bear on my right arm in the middle, right where it'd be on your forearm, the most classic spot. And he's like, ah, I'm like, I'm going to get nothing but pissed off Panda on this arm. Question. What, what are you going to get for the 20th? I might get the cover of his first comic here. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a picture of him with his arms folded. Uh, smoke a cigarette like right here. So I might get that here because, again, just go big. Just yeah. fill it. Up. Yeah. When you get it, do you want and I, I'll go to Tucson. I'll, we'll, I'll, we'll get matching tattoos. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious! I'll get the matching pissed off panda tattoo with you. I'm down. That's like yeah, I'm down. I mean, I know you're down. You already got it. Might happen. It might happen. I need a good new tattoo. And I was like, you know what? My love of Frank will be a fine tattoo. That's so funny. (laughs) Um, what's called? You got to. Uh, you might have to take a trip to New York. It's probably happening in New York. Oh, even better. Yeah, I love New York. We'll have Jericho involved. He'll call us gay or something. (laughs) But. The whole, I don't know, the whole thing with that. So Comic Book Mobile is my business I'm trying to do, mm-hmm. right? So that's where I bought a 1969 VW bus. I had owned an art gallery downtown that was try- I was trying to treat it like a co-op, ran that for two years. It was ridiculous and a terrible business model, but pivoted that. It just too much. You're relying too much on other people. And yeah. I was too generous. And I was, you know, it sucked. Like it was a co-op, but I was the guy that was responsible for it all. Yeah, so- I visited it. Yeah. And right. It was, I remember it was great. Um, but that was the thing is like, oh, who's the, no matter what, I don't have money for rent. I'd lay it down for people. So it was never that anybody never paid me back. But sometimes it was like, oh, this is not working, you know, yeah. hanging on by a thread. Uh, but it was a billboard for me to get a, a ton of gigs. So no matter what, I was like, this place is worth it. You know, it's like some months, I don't care if my rent was 1500 bucks. I made 2000 that month. So, so what? And I would not have made that 2000 if this place did not exist. Yeah. You know, true. So 
just do whatever hung on for as long then pivoted that business to be the comic book mobile because i'm like all right there's all the events in town i don't know if it's i don't know if other cities like this but tucson has three events every weekend for arts crafts all these types of things tons of stuff book festivals this weekend right and i was stuck in that business as people are going to these events and i'm like you know what take the show on the road uh so i bought a 69 vw bus and i even won a local shark tank version of things like kitchen yeah and won it with the pitch and the whole presentation so did all that and now it's that i'm trying to do events and drive to schools and teach kids all about you know believing in themselves and emotions and drawing cartoons and like being yourself you know and i say an identity whenever people say that uh, obviously the first thing you think of is sexual identity but identity is a lot more than that it's a lot more like there was a time in my life you'll appreciate this where i am like in my mid to late 20s and i'm like so am i never gonna grow out of this i guess this is just who i am like i'm uncle joey from full house just being like i guess uh waka waka i really thought one day this would stop like i just thought one day it'd like turn into my dad right but no i guess i'm just this goofy idiot right and being a nerd growing up was a thing like back in the day when like oh it's not popular to be a nerd and uh, but that whole thing is by the way half a sham regardless you know yeah being nerd is just not fitting in you can't you can't monetize not fitting in it doesn't matter if they sell you nerd glasses on disney princesses at hot topic being an outcast is what it is and you're an outcast at school trying to figure out your way back in that's why i'm the way that i am it's because i was such a nerd growing up and got picked on and was super bullied and every TV show tells you how you are. Big Bang Theory, perfect example type of thing. You're a cliche. You'll never get the girl. You're here to get picked on. You're the worst. Everything, cartoons to movies, is telling you, do not be nerdy. Do not be this. You're the worst. And I'm like, I got to fix this. I, and, I, and that's why I think I'm the way that I am. Think of it like this. I start flexing and working out a muscle of, mm. of being able to be outgoing of being able to go out and go to a bar and talk to a girl. Many nights I did not talk to a girl, but then the night you do, and even she's like, oh, that was sweet, but I'm with someone. I still went home being like, you did it. You talked to us. You talked to a total hot stranger and tried to pick her up because you got to start somewhere. And that's like 18, you know, like you're Mm -hmm. working yourself up. You're beating down that nerdy baloney and also coming up at the time where I'm owning it, where I love Star Trek and I'm holding up the Star Trek sign like a gang symbol and yeah. like starting to be that where I am. A, I am one of the pioneers of, yeah, I'm a nerd and you for it. You know, there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. You love your stupid sports. That's cosplay Sunday. Every day you dress up like you little happy numbers. Oh, are you that player? That's a fun costume. Right. And that was always it. It's like, just loyalty and commitment. No, exactly. Yeah. And like, even if you were to be like, I grew up and grew out of this, you would have brought that same energy and some how kind of cosplay thing to whatever you came into. Sure. Cause I did grow out of it for many years. There was, there's many different versions of this, you know, and growing up and even the toys, I stopped with the toys for a long time. Like a, even comics, I don't buy them nearly as much. They're so expensive, you know, but look at how different everything is now. Just societally, yeah. like everything twisted toward my liking. There's so, how many people do you know that collect toys like this? Those Funko Pops are insane. They've ensnared everyone. I mean, I'm one mile away from the Funko Pop store. Really? 
Yeah, I see the line all the time. When my brother comes and visits, we always go. That's wild. Like, yeah. that, and that's the thing. Like, it's so crazy when I see some of this stuff and also what people can do because of the time. If mm-hmm. I, when I was buying Marvel comics and I was just talk, talking to a friend, like, yep, back in my day, they were still a dollar for a while, you know, before the death of Superman, yep. right around there, they were a dollar, dollar yeah. 25, you know, I'd buy every Marvel comic. I'm reading every Marvel comic right? Like a maniac that's still spending 40 bucks, 60 bucks, like a lunatic. But I got a job when I was a kid for exactly that. Like I need a job. I want to buy Sonic the Hedgehog. So I got, I got a paper at 10 years old. Like I'm always earning money and hustling. There you go. Boom. There he is. Right. (laughs) So, uh, so like, that's the thing. Like I've always been that all this Mm -hmm. stuff because my parents were, were really nice, but it was birthdays and Christmas. That's when we got stuff. It was not constant. So I had to get a job. My dad was that side person allowance and you earn it. And I was like, this ain't enough. So it was, that was it. So I, you know, I've gone through certain periods where like where the money goes to is obviously like important and it can't always be comic books and it can't always be toys and stuff. It would go to different, it would go to different things, but it was always just about trying to figure out what this, all is fitting in is a real obnoxious thing you know it is and it's weird because part of it a certain percentage of it is necessary but a large percentage of it is not right and notice i have thrived by not fitting in yeah exactly i mean well that's how you fit in mm-hmm. it's because right. other people Isn't that are funny? like yeah exactly they go hey i want that extrovert around me that why not yeah. and that is that's kind of you can level up level up level up hey now i'm at least not a nerd. I'm just part of the crowd. And they just keep leveling it up. And it's like, wow, now I stand out in the crowd. You yeah. Know? And like, that is, that's what it was too. Cause it was always also, it was also always about dating too. Like, and that sort of thing. And keep in mind when we grew so up. Too, was it peacocking? Yes. Like that's exactly what I was going to say. So I was going to say, remember that show or whatever, that book with, was it mystery? Is that his name? Uh, who was it? That was like I don't know his name, but the book is called The Game. The Game. That whole stupid thing. I hate that crap. And that is like that psychological BS was something to wrap around too. That was around uh, 2010, right? So again, that's you know like 30-ish, and still trying to be like, what's the deal? Like, what am I doing? Like, where? What? What's going on? Like, I'm turning 30. I don't feel like the way my dad was, and even now we're turning 40. We're a young 40 and 40 certainly isn't what it used to be with our parents when, yeah, over the hill was the thing. Yep. You're over the hill. That's the joke. Yeah. Cause 40 was that was the turning point. And there was uh, I told my dad when I turned 40 that I was like, the thing that's interesting to me about this is I remember you and mom turning 40. Right. So I have a benchmark in my head of my parents at my age, which I did not before this i'm not exactly sure when my dad turned 30 i was a kid my dad was in my 30s for most of my childhood as far as i'm concerned right right but i remember and, when my dad turned 40 because my oh, mom yeah. was so mad about it that we weren't allowed to do the over the hill stuff and for my dad we went to his work and we like made a funny sign and did whatever and i wrote i did beavis and butthead stuff on the wall like so sure the time that it was right but yeah, I don't know. It's just so interesting because that's what it is. As we've been kind of growing as a generation a little bit, we've been redefining what mm-hmm. it is for that age, but not realizing what, like, like, I don't think the kids younger than us are going to look at 30 to 40 as like being old. 
because of the way we all No. It's just our whole generation decided, nah, we're pretty good the way we are. Right? And we're right. That's Frank Powers, and you should find him on Instagram at bestfrankforever just to see his suits alone. His suits alone are worth checking out his Instagram. Um, Also, his incredible over-the-top personality. He has this personality, which I would say he was a subdued human version of what I know him as. But what I, you know, like what you, on Instagram, you'll see he's just... There's just so much flavor and frank that comes through in every sentence he says, and I love him for it. And we actually talked for another hour after this, and it was a great conversation. Um, love him. Check out more Frank Powers. He's on the radio out there in Tucson. Also, check out Comic Book Mobile. If you go to his Instagram, at Comic Book Mobile, I think it might be the Comic Book Mobile, he does events all over Tucson. Check it out. They're for kids. So, like, if you go to any event and there's a guy dressed in a crazy suit and he's helping kids color and he's really bringing, like, the, just the f- flavor where it feels like the kids are there for that and you happen to be shopping around the street fair, whatever's going on, that's, that's what Frank does. And it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. He gets to use his personality. And it's a one-of-a-kind one that only really he has to throw around. Love it. And then next week, we have Rima Don who is a comic that I met a couple years ago who seems to be running right through the Los Angeles comedy scene with, with no problem. She's great. She's very funny in conversation. We've already talked. Um, if you're listening to this, I'll warn you. I think the first 15 minutes is all about bidets and stuff and how to keep your butt clean. I know you, what you guys are thinking. You're like, Aaron, haven't you talked to other people about that? Yes, we have a whole new perspective on cleaning your butt now. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. Guys, as always, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Um, that's what helps me get through the algorithm. And also, I just like to see when the new rates and reviews come in. Every now and then I get one, and it's just like, sweet. Love it. I can't see that coming in any other way. So please do that. I'm trying to think of another thing to throw out there. I don't can't think of one right now. So go ahead. Just uh, follow me on Instagram, at Aaron M. Marsh. You know, oh, if you are in Los Angeles and do open mics, I now do another open mic, or I guess I promoted it last week, every Monday at 8 p.m., and it's free. You don't got to spend the $5, and it's fun. I made everybody last week for extra time give me a compliment. I'm going to do something random every week to make you get more time that makes me laugh during other sets, no matter what's going on. So thank you very much, guys. Thank you for listening, and thank you for putting up with me. (music) Thank you.